The day we publish this episode happens to be March 1st, 2017, Ash Wednesday. Today, you'll most likely see people walking around with little black crosses smeared on their foreheads. You'll read Facebook posts and tweets about what people are giving up. Some of them, thankfully, are giving up Facebook and Twitter. For those of you like myself, who grew up in the free church tradition, this might be a relatively new phenomenon. For others, it may just be part of the rhythm of your year. In this episode, we'll take a few minutes to see what it's all about. A quick word before we get into our topic, though. If you've been listening to our podcast consistently, you'll notice that this is not the episode about Emperor Constantine that we promised. That's because, well, we're grad students, and this is a busy season. Also, if February wasn't a stupid month with only 28 days, we would have had a couple more days to put it together, so you can thank Julius Caesar for that one. The good news is that you'll still get two mini-episodes, and the timing works out perfectly for us to look at the origin and meaning of Lent. Welcome to Podcastica Patristica. I'm Tyler Standley. Fasting is an immensely important part of the Christian tradition, and it reaches even further backwards into its Jewish roots. It's a sign of repentance, of dedication to God, of ritual purification, and even it's an act of prayer. Matthew 9 says that John's disciples came to Jesus and asked, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? Jesus said to them, The wedding guests cannot mourn while the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days are coming when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. The 40-day fast before Easter is one of the most ancient practices which spans across nearly every tradition from east to west. But, like every other liturgical tradition, it's pretty hard to find the beginning. It isn't hard to see where they got the number 40, though. It's all over the Bible. It rained 40 days and nights when God flooded the world. Jesus spent 40 days fasting in the desert after his baptism. It was also 40 days between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension. But we don't really know the first connection between the 40 days and Easter. Fasting and preparation for Easter was a normal practice as far back as the 2nd century. Irenaeus and Tertullian mentioned a 40-hour fast before Easter, the amount of time Jesus supposedly remained in the tomb. Dionysius of Alexandria mentions a six-day fast. Sozomen, the church historian, mentions three weeks of a fast. But to make matters more confusing, several early writers mention a 40-day fast, but it doesn't have any connection to Easter. In some regions, we can trace a development. 
For instance, in the early 330s, Athanasius says that the fast lasts for six days before Easter. But by the year 334, he talks about a 40-day fast. There doesn't appear to be any easy way to pin down exactly when or how the 40-day fast was attached to the Easter celebration. What we do know is that the Council of Nicaea, that same council that made the Nicene Creed that Gerhard discussed in the last episode, issued a statement saying that all churches in the East and West should celebrate Easter on the same day. It also makes mention of the Tesseracoste, in English, the Forty. Greek Orthodox Christians still call Lent the Magali Tesseracosti, the Great Forty. It appears that the 40-day fast may have been a practice that Christian regions all around practiced differently until Nicaea helped bring Eastern and Western churches together in their Easter celebrations. This year, in 2017, we celebrate Easter on April 13th. The strange thing is, Eastern churches celebrate Easter on a different day. This year, their Easter celebration falls on April 16th, and their Lenten fast began a couple days ago, on February 26th. How did that happen? Well, when Nicaea told everyone to celebrate Easter on the same day, they used the Julian calendar. You remember Julius. He's the reason February is so stupid and only has 28 days. Eastern and Western Christians had the same calendar until October of 1582, when the Gregorian calendar was adopted in the West. So that means that the dates got a little bit off. Also, Eastern fast rules are a little bit different than Western traditions. You'll notice that the Eastern Lenten season lasts longer than ours. Their Lent begins seven weeks before Easter rather than six. That's because Holy Week, the week before Easter, is set aside as a separate fast focused on the last week of Jesus before his crucifixion. Western Christians include Holy Week within the 40 days of Lent. But Sundays are not fast days for either tradition. That's why Lent starts 46 days before Easter for Western churches, to make up for the Sundays that fall into the mix. And we don't fast on Sundays because Sundays are celebrations of the resurrection. That's when we celebrate the Eucharist. Well, it's when we should celebrate the Eucharist. If every Sunday is a mini-Easter, which it is, then we should treat it that way. Now, I grew up in a Baptist church, and most Baptists do it once a month at most, or once a year at worst. But I digress. Sundays are not fast days, because it's the day when we celebrate both Christ's resurrection and the feast that we will enjoy with him after our own resurrection. And the climax of the season, of the whole year, is Easter itself, the day we feast and celebrate the one thing that makes our faith meaningful. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is futile, and your faith is empty. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also came through a man. 
For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Now let's circle back to the start. March 1st, 2017, Ash Wednesday. During the Ash Wednesday service, you walk forward and the priest or pastor dips her thumb in the ash. As she smears it on your head, she says, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Or she might say, repent and believe in the gospel. The ashes remind you of your mortality and your sinfulness. We, especially Americans, don't handle death very well. We keep ourselves busy, avoiding the thought that someday, maybe today, maybe as soon as you finish listening to this podcast, it will all be completely over. And as we avoid that thought, as we busy ourselves with meaningless things, we don't have to make our lives count because we don't think about being virtuous people who leave the world in a better state than it was because we don't think about the fact that our lives will soon be over. And then, when we're dead, our loved ones will make our bodies look alive and as beautiful as they can because they don't want it to look dead. We refuse to see death even when we stare it in the face. And this is distinctly an unchristian thing to do. Part of the ebb and flow of Christian history for nearly 2,000 years has been to spend over a month dwelling on death so that we can know how to live. For Christians, to think of death is also to think of sin. Death entered the world because of sin, and our sin breeds more death in the world in this seemingly endless cycle. So we take these days to remove something from our lives, something unnecessary, be it meat or booze or television or social media, in order to make room for introspection. We fast so that we can change, so that we can remove barriers that keep us from being virtuous people. And sometimes this can be revolutionary and life-changing. Two years ago, I gave up meat for Lent so that I could think about God's love for animals and about the brutal mistreatment they suffer at the hands of humans. I was so overwhelmed by what I discovered both about the beauty of animals and about their abuse at the hands of humans, that I decided I couldn't eat them in good conscience anymore. And I haven't eaten meat since. It's not always a revolutionary event, though. Sometimes you just give up coffee or booze for 40 days, and you spend more time praying and meditating, and then you pick it back up when Lent is over. And that's perfectly fine. So whether or not you participate in the fast, at least take time over the next 40 days to join our brothers and sisters across the globe in recognizing our shared fate 
death, and resurrection. I'll end with a prayer of St. Ephraim, which Syriac Christians recite several times each day during Lent. O Lord, Master of my life, take from me the spirit of sloth, faint-heartedness, lust of power, and idle talk. But give rather the spirit of chastity, humility, patience, and love to your servant. Yes, O Lord and King, grant me to see my own sin and not to judge my brother, for you are blessed from all ages to all ages.